Lumela. That is hello in my mother tongue. Good evening, good morning, good night, whatever applies to you in your part of the world. Today, I decided to read an article because someone actually had asked me, one of the comments was, how about I do a guided meditation? And a lot of the apps with the guided meditation have stories that people read. Um, like LeVar Burton Reads is a great app and he reads stories. And sometimes I use it for meditation because it's so soothing to me. There are all sorts of um, apps that have stories as part of their meditation. But this isn't a story. This is a great article. Plus, I want everyone to hear the article because I think that the article is so critical and important to how we heal. It's so relevant to to our, our being as Africans. It's so relevant to how we process things and how we do things as Africans. And again, it is just a huge part. Understanding this, overstanding this article is a part of how we will heal as Africans all over the world. So I might as well just jump into it. It's called Seeing is Not Believing. Oh, and a shout out to my friend, my Jamaican friend that sent me the article and I read half of it and then was busy and never went back to it. And then one day I was like, oh, I need to finish that article because it started out really well. Like it's a great article. And I was like, oh, I need to finish that article because it was really good and I never finished reading it. And some things, you know, how you start reading something or you get busy or you're, you know, you're doing something else. It was one of those things where I had to go back to it. So again, Seeing is Not Believing, Tales of Being by Mukutaji on June 26, 2020. And there's a picture from Octavia Butler's Wild Seed. It's a painting by John Jude Palancar. Palancar. Storytelling is one of the most powerful tools submerged on the global African continent. Stories facilitate an environment learning through connection. We connect with other people's stories because they are a reflection of being, in this particular case, human being. In a proverb shared by Sosa of Southern Africa, it is said that Unyati um we learn from those who have already experienced. We learn from those who have already experienced. The stories told by those who teach us, our elders, usually shape how we perceive the world. Tales of creation, chronicles of battle, and legends of love all work together to create an understanding of how the world works. Storytelling assists us in propelling the journey to connecting with our indigenous knowledge systems and visaging, envision, I'm sorry, envisaging what, what it means to speak Africa to the future. Tatu, Nkuhulu, Wusamazulu, Credo Mutwa expresses in his novel, 
Undaba, my children, that the more Europeans try to understand and learn about what it means to be an African, the further they drift away from the truth. Untatu Mkuhulu Mutwa Credo Mutwa is who I'm speaking of if if you know the author and his history accredits his confusion to the fact that Europeans try to evaluate Africanness based on their own standards, civilization, and socio-political thought. The African can only be understood in terms of the strange workings of his, their, own mind, and those who do not appreciate this may as well refrain from trying to study the African, he says. I'm going to repeat that. The African can only be understood in terms of the strange workings of his or their own mind, and those who do not appreciate this may as well refrain from trying to study the African, he says. This testimony relates not only to the European and North American approach of understanding Africa, but in many instances, the scholarly African way of understanding ourselves. We drape ourselves in intellectual garments of Eurocentric thought and ideology and attempt to discuss and diagnose knowledge systems from the point of from that point of reference. This is dangerous because the higher we move up these systems, the more we move into mystified state of cognitive dissonance. One example of the fundamental disconnect of attempting to understand ourselves through the Eurocentric lenses is that European and North American knowledge systems ground themselves in ocular centricism, deeming vision as the most important human sense above all other human senses. In his book, Empty Vision by David McMahon, describes some of the side effects of the vision-based approach in Eurocentric thought. He says, ocular centricism is a Western Enlightenment tradition involved involve, tradition involves a distancing of the subject as seer of the object and a reductive object objectific, objectification excuse me a reductive objectification of the scene. Sight is the only sense actively that perceives at a distance and tends to neglect temporality. And therefore, it is prone to give rise to uninvolved spectatorial modes of knowledge. In other words, a limited perspective. That's not in the article, but pretty much that's what that summed up to say. What McMahon is saying is his many English word is. That vision as the primary method of learning and understanding creates a separation between the learner and what is being learnt. In many cases, the learner objectifies what is being learnt and tends to understand the world as a series of static objects separate from themselves. Attempting to fully understand African forms of knowledge from a vision-based perspective is one that portrays the complexity and dynamic development of our knowledge systems. So in fact, seeing is not believing. 
through storytelling, a connection between the story, the storyteller, and the listener is established. Many communities on our global continent use call and response as means of storytelling. This creates an learning a learning environment where those being told the story are not only passive recipients of information, but active participants of the process. When connecting ourselves, our creator, and each other, African thought derives energy from sound waves transmitted and transformed through all natural forms. Our languages are largely phonetic and our connection with sound and vibrations of sonic energy is one that radically grounds our understanding of existence. We connect to many things through song and our sense of enlightenment is deeply rooted in the power of sound. Some of our accounts of creation attribute the beginning of the world to a series of sound waves. Stories largely occur in the imagination. According to neuropsychologists, the human brain process imagined experiences in the same way as lived experiences. For this reason, our collection of the stories we come across are as vivid in our minds as our understanding of so-called reality. Stories encourage the use of both the right and the left parts of the brain in knowledge, production, and education. In interrogating Eurocentric education systems, even on a simple level, it is clear that learning as we know it favors the development of the left brain. We are taught to leave emotion out of our decisions and to be analytical and exercise logic in our approach. Many schools on our global continent have either failed to support the programs, the arts failed to support art programs because they do not consider the importance of them or cannot afford to fund these subjects. Each and every day, children are told to get to let go of their inherent creative passions and focus on science and mathematics, typically left brain subjects. What we see here is a binary developed through Eurocentric thought. The idea that science, art, and humanities are on different ends of the spectrum. Through the progression of time, these phenomena have been separated and even placed in opposition with one another, a dichotomy of antagonism, I would call it. However, we learn from our ancestors, such as Tata Nkulu Mibiti, Tata Nkulu Mudwa, Tata Nkulu Fukwai, and Tata Nkulu Ombega, that in collective African thought, science, art, mathematics, and even spirituality are inseparable. By nature, these ideas are entangled in our philosophies. The story, the beauty of storytelling is that it goes beyond the false dichotomy of the left brain, right brain politics. It combines the analytical, logical, and detailed nature of the left brain with the creative, intuitive, emotional, and free-thinking character of the right brain creating a balanced, harmonious learning experience. 
it is imperative that we diverge from linear from linear and vision-based systems of knowledge and move towards rediscovering the possibilities that art and scholarship are in fact synonymous. In the quest to unearth African forms of knowledge and education, we cannot neglect the mastery that is storytelling. From birth, our understanding of everything that is is shaped by the stories we are told and recite. From the underlying messages we learn in children's songs to the many lives we carry with us through our ancestors and our shared experiences, we are storytellers. Let us fight for our children to find meaningful connections with people and their stories, past and present, in institutions of learning and in everyday life. Let us carry these stories as traces of transcendent mind, body, and soul, reshaping our world one story at a time. Vibrate higher. The notes on this article are Untutu, Untatu Mukulu refers to a man who plays a grandfather role in Sosa, used to refer to elders with respect. So the authors that she referenced in the article before I said their name, I said Tatu Nkulu. And that refers to, as they said, a role of respect in Sosa. Um, the books that they were referring to in the article, most of them I already have. Some of them I don't. Um, I definitely have books by Credo, Credo Mutwa, but I don't have the book that they're referring to. So I will go through each book, the further readings, African Cosmology, the Bantu Congo, Tying the Spiritual Knot, Principles of Life and Living by Fukia. I do have that book and it, I definitely, definitely recommend it. The next book is African Religions and Philosophy by Umbiti. I don't have that book, but I'm getting it. Empty Vision, Metaphor and Visionary Imagery in Mahayana Buddhism by McMahon. I do not have that book either. Credo Mutwa, Indaba, My Children, African Tribal History, Legends, Customs, Religious Beliefs. Obenga, African Philosophy, The Pharaonic Period, 2780 to 330 BC. Those are all the the books that the author recommends, but I also recommend another book by Fukia. It's called Kindezi. And I actually have a podcast discussing that book and All About Love by Bell Hooks. But I will save that for a later podcast, but just kind of catalog that in your brain. Kindezi, K-I-N-D-E-Z-I. And all About Love by Bell Hooks. Those are two books that I recommend anybody who's in a relationship or that has children to read. And those are critical to the healing process in African communities globally. So again, those are definitely books that I recommend. And we'll go further into that in another podcast. But again, let me repeat this article. The article is by Mukutaji, M-K-U-T-A-J-I, and the name of the article is Seeing is Not Believing, 
tales of being. And the reason I read the article was because of its importance to, as I said before I even started the article, the importance to our healing process is to know who we are fundamentally, naturally, in our being. And not just our being as we, you know, stroll on our daily life, but our be- our mind, our body, our soul, and how we connect with the universe, how we connect with each other and how we function in this lifetime so that we can have better function in our next lifetime and how we function with each other how we function with our elders how we function with how we how we learn and how we see things as they stated in the article western civilization sees things from sight and only sight but that's not the way africans do it that's not how you know we we function in a, in, a Af- in African societies. We don't function with just seeing our sight with our eyes. We smell our, our visions. We, we taste our visions. We hear our visions. We see it spiritually. We see it with our third eye. There are so many other senses that Western civilization and European thought does not touch when they give information through educational systems, when they tell a story, when they function in their daily life, the sound vibrations, the feelings of of how something made you feel all over with all of your senses is how Africans tell stories. But we have to, when dealing with Western education and Westernized thinking, we deal with it on such a limited view on such a limited perspective and we have to get as Africans we have to get away from that perspective to help us heal and to help us get back to our fundamental selves a lot of times we don't realize that in European and American societies we're not living as our fundamental selves I always tell people that we're living unnaturally in the United States and the more you travel, the more you see what I mean. We live unnaturally in the United States where we rush through things and we force ourselves into systems of beliefs that we don't actually believe in, that aren't fundamentally part of us. But we always feel disjointed and misaligned and unbalanced, but we don't realize why. Because we are in a system that is not catered to the way we are to our, to the way we are at our best, to a way where we are at our optimal performance, to a way where we are thinking and acting like Africans. We are forced into adapting and imitating a system that does not fundamentally work for us. It is not part of our foundation. It is not part of the way we can be our best selves as Africans globally. So we force ourselves into the... It's like, I'll give you a, a visual example. In Africa, they study the European branches of law. So you see all of these beautiful black people in these black robes and this, you know, this white collar shirt, black robes, And this gray wig on their head that looks unnatural to them. To me, they look like idiots every time I see it. Because I'm like, you look stupid. It's like like a weave. 
you threw this weave on your head and it doesn't belong to you. And so you look, it looks out of place. I don't care how pretty it is, how, how it, it goes with your hair. It looks out of place because it is not naturally part of you. Or to even make it more current, think about this, this craze with these outlandish eyelashes. They look ridiculous sometimes because it is naturally not a part of you. So that's how Africans walk through the world globally. A lot of us, not all of us, but a lot of us walk through the world globe on a global on a global perspective by walking around unnaturally, walking around to fit into a box that wasn't really made for us. I I always tell people when we discuss slavery and when we discuss, you know, the kind of like the Africans place in the world, I always tell people America was made was not made for us to thrive or survive in. I said, look at how we live. We have adapted and adopted a lot of European and westernized systems that weren't meant to to be productive in our lives. We weren't meant to use them to be productive. We use them for survival. Something such as our spirituality, we grasp pieces of our spirituality through their eyes, through their lenses for survival. But that naturally is not us. That naturally doesn't work with us. That naturally, we just adapted to it because we needed to survive slavery. We needed to survive apartheid. We needed to survive whatever systematic racial system we were trying to live in, you know. And that's a dangerous thing because not only do you adapt yourselves to something that's unnatural to you, you adapt your children to things that are unnatural to them. And we force them into these boxes and we force them into this way of thinking because we're told that white is right. Eurocentric education is the way we have to do things, the way we're the only way we'll be successful. You know, we tell our children, you have to be a lawyer or engineer or a doctor to be successful instead of saying, if you go to another country and learn their systems, why not come back to Africa and help your people to see different perspectives of their own systems, not the systems that you've learned, but different perspectives and different ways to process their own systems. Why not go back to the country and help the people that brought you their, their learned experiences? Why not go back to Africa and make Africa greater instead of going out into the world and making everything else greater? Why not go home to the people that you know and love or the continent that you know and love if you're, you know, were born and raised in Africa, the continent that you know and love and make that great instead of going out into the world and trying to make everybody else great, but you don't ever think about yourself. And that goes for Americans living and Americans and Europeans living abroad as well. Not to say that we can't live in other places, but we never think to go back home because we've been told that, oh, it's a negative experience. It's this, it's that. When I tell you that when you touch that African soil, and I'm not saying this just because my family's there, but I'm saying it, period. When you touch that African soil, it is a own sense of being. It is your own sense of, of 
overstanding. It is your own sense of healing. Just being in Africa, you heal tremendous trauma in our souls. Just touching the soil, just breathing the air, just drinking the water connects you with your ancestors. And if you don't believe me, try it for yourself. And I promise you, you will cry endless tears because of the joy that your soul feels when you touch that ground and you feel your ancestors coming back to life in you. When you feel your original you coming back to life. When you, your mind, your soul, and your body is back in alignment. It is completely different than being in the United States, being in Europe. The best connection across the world to Africa is the Caribbean. That's how I feel when I'm in Jamaica. Everybody talks about how poor it is and they're always hustling and this, that, and the other. And, oh, but they then they talk about the food and the beauty. But the great part I loved about Jamaica and Cuba was I felt it in my soul. I felt, I always tell people, when I went to Jamaica, I felt love. Looking at all these faces that look like my face, that reminded me of being in Africa, that 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 even though... You know, sometimes different cultures can be kind of rough. It gave me that sense of, of, wow, I love these people and I don't even know them. That sense of connection that we miss living in Europe and we miss living in, in the United States. That connection, that connection of, it's just something about Grenada and Jamaica and Cuba Those were the places where things touched my soul differently. Like there there was a deeper connection than just, oh, I'm here for a retreat or I'm here for vacation or I'm here to, you know, have a good time. It was just different. I felt a different type of peace when I was in those places. I felt a different type of connection to the people when I was in those places. I made friendships everywhere in the world that I travel on purpose, intentionally. I always make friendships. But those three places outside of Africa were the three places that I really made deep connections. Those type of connections that your your soul attaches to. So those are those are traditional indigenous ways of living that we have gotten gotten excuse me we have gotten so far from those are ways of of surviving that we have gotten so far from because we are told that as again white is right so we have to assimilate to this white culture if we're going to be successful but that's not true that's not true africa is the richest continent in the world via resources natural resources via people via land it is the one of the biggest outside of Asia, the biggest continent in the world. It has the largest resource natural resources in the world. The people are one of the most beautiful people in the world. Intellectually, physically, spiritually are the most beautiful people in the world. When you connect with the African, it's not like any other place in the world. Whether that African is in the Caribbean or wherever, when you really sit down and connect with African people, you can feel the universe talking to some of us. Just that it, 
it's different. You have to experience it for yourself. That's all I can keep telling everyone is that that is part of our healing is to make that connection. Even if you don't stay, even if you don't, you know, commit to it being your home, as long as you keep reconnecting that connection, you grow and you heal as an individual. Then you go and you heal your family. Then you go and you heal your community. It is overwhelmingly one of the places that you just immediately feel different, but not different in a bad way. You immediately feel different, like you're tapped into something that no one has ever told you about. You tap into something that you can't put into words. You tap into something that just speaks to your soul and your spirit. I also wanted to recommend something before I, it skips my mind. When I spoke about learning from the outside world and bringing it back to Africa, but not letting it hinder the way we do things, just helping it to think the process through or to see why we do things or see why maybe the way that we do things is better than doing it the westernized way. An excellent author for that principle is Malidioma Patrice Somme. He has a book called Of Water and Spirit. Ritual of Water and Spirit is one book. I recommend that to everybody. It's an excellent book. Ritual is excellent, and the healing wisdom of Africa is also excellent. Um, so, just to add that in there, because while I was while I was speaking, I thought about it, and I it reminded me of his books and how he discussed how he went to to Westernized civilization and brought it back to his people. And the connection or misconnections and how it hindered it. It hindered the process of their learning or it didn't. And everything, how he had to live through those two societies, westernized society and his indigenous traditional society. And how they functioned in between the two. Just, you know, of course, some reading, some good reading that I think people would enjoy. So back on back on target back on subject but even as in the article presented about how when we how do I want to phrase this when we we are outside of ourselves when we are trying to force ourselves into a box but we're a circle or into a circle and we're a box when we force ourselves into systems that are not fundamental to how we learn and the process of how we process things and how we, in our point of view, we're always felt, we always feel like we're on the outside looking in. So even with Africans who are in the diaspora, we are still, even though a lot of us weren't born in Africa, we always still have that connection to Africa and I think a lot of people forget that their first thing is oh I'm American I'm black I'm this I'm a Negro I'm whatever you know but they forget that fundamentally you're African at your roots you are an African so when you try to force yourself and assimilate to European and westernized and 
you know, Caucasian culture, (laughs) for lack of better words, even though I don't believe they have culture, but Caucasian culture, you push yourself into a system of non-believing. You push yourself into a system that you kind of force yourself to be a straight line and you're a squiggly line. So you're forcing yourself to do things that are not natural to you. You're forcing yourself to think things that are not natural to your being. So you can't perform optimally. You can't do your best and be your best because you're trying to assimilate to a culture that really is not for you, was not meant for you to thrive and survive, that does not stand by your fundamental beliefs, that does not stand by what works best for you, that does not stand by how you think, how you how you see, not just with your eyes, but how you, you envision the world, how you how you move in the world, how you even down to your nutrition. The majority of food in the United States is not healthy. And traditionally that is not how Africans eat. Africans did not consume a whole bunch of junk food traditionally, not till it was brought to their country. Africans had traditionally, and even now in certain places, do not have high rates of cancer and and all these other diseases. Those diseases were brought to Africa through nutrition and through, you know, them injecting them with certain diseases there weren't a whole bunch of cases of cancer and and diabetes and high blood pressure and all of that other stuff. Why? Because not only do we eat from the earth, which connects us to the earth, a lot of our throughout the continent, a lot of our traditional meals are things that we grow. Yes, they eat meat there, of course, but that even that meat is raised by somebody. It's not in a big humongous meat factory. And you're eating stuff pumped up with GMOs and other, you know, foreign bodies. That's not traditional eating there. First off, you have you have an abundance of sun, so you're gonna have the best crops. You're gonna have the best, you know, blessed best planting, the best yams, the best uh cassava leaf, the best you know, you're going to have the best green vegetables. You're going to have the best, most nutrient-rich vegetables because the soil is rich, the water is rich, and the sun is rich. So you're going to have the best nutrient-rich vegetables and fruits in the world because all of the the stimuli and all of the, the resources going to those plants is the best in the world. Not, oh, it's all right. It's the best in the world. They get the best sun. They have some of the best and richest soil in the world. They have some of the best and richest water in the world. I drank the water in Johannesburg while I was there. Out the tap. Delicious. And I'm not a water drinker. I mean, I am now, but I'm not, I wasn't traditionally a big water drinker. I only drank, you know, a little bit when I was thirsty. Not enough. Definitely not enough. But... The best water in the world, some of these places where you can drink the water out of the tap, not everywhere, safely. You know, those type of things. So if you have the best optimal conditions for growing your food, it's different than 
you eating a bunch of fast food foolishness or a bunch of stuff that you didn't grow. So that's why disease before vaccinations and all this other happy-go-lucky stuff that they have injected into African people was started. Africans traditionally don't have a lot of disease. My mother is one of the one of the many people that I know that rarely at 60 something years old she's never had any health issues even when and she's healthier now when she lived in the United States I think she had a few minor things going on because of even though she ate healthy the diets here are still poisoned so she and and all of my family is very few of them that have health issues the ones that eat healthy very rarely have health issues my grandparents lived well into their 80s and 90s both of them my grandmother and my grandfather my grandfather was in his 90s when he died and he only died because my grandmother died so that just and that's and I'm not just you know it's not just my family it's plenty of families who live in African societies that live well into their 90s and up into their hundreds because of the the nutrition the nutritional needs of Africans it's very different if you ever get a chance get Dr. Layla Africa's African holistic health it is explaining exactly what I'm speaking about our health is not the same our health is our health needs our nutritional needs our spiritual needs are not the same as white culture they aren't they just aren't but we we keep forcing ourselves to live in white culture, believing that, oh, you know, that's how we become successful. Why can't you be successful as an African? Because you were told that you can't be successful as an African. Oh, okay, I get it now. But we don't think about that. We think, oh, no, our children have to be doctors and lawyers and be successful in white systems to be successful. That's not true. It's definitely not true. We can be successful in our own systems. And it also puts, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? It also puts a light on what is success. Why do we find success in material objects? But I'm not going to get into that conversation today. But just think about it. Think about it for the next podcast. Why do we find our success in other people's, what other people have told us is success? Instead of finding our success, our success within us and our traditions and our indigenous ways of living and our belief systems. Why do we not find success in our community systems? Why do we not find success in being African? Why do we not find success in anything that we do? Because we've been told that it isn't successful. That's not what success means. Success means that you go and you wear this simple looking wig and this this monkey suit and you're a lawyer. That's success. Or not to say that lawyers and, and doctors, I have plenty of lawyers and doctors in my family. I'm not saying that that's not success, but we have to force ourselves into those systems of success. Do you think they don't have doctors in Africa? They have doctors. They just don't have it on. They don't have to have a piece of paper. These are healers in the community, healers in the society, healers. All Credo Mutua was a healer, a Sangoma of sorts, if you know what a Sangoma is. He was a healer. Maria Makeba, her people, 
Her mother was a Sangoma. She was a healer. She didn't have a degree from a university saying that she was a doctor so-and-so, that that they had 20 years or 8 years or whatever, how many ever years, going to this school to learn about bodies that are not like ours, spirituality that is not like ours, you know, thinking that is not like ours to heal us. How does that make sense? You're going to tell me that somebody else's system is better than our own? That that makes no sense. And we're talking about people who healed people in their community through all their senses. They didn't just say, okay, this, this, and this is wrong with you. Let me give you this prescription and go on about your business. No, they dealt with the African as a whole from our, our spiritual beings, from our our psychological being from our physical being that's how you heal a person you do not just take one aspect of a person and try to heal them because the other parts are still broken that's like trying to put a house on a tattered and torn foundation what's going to happen to the house the house is going to collapse that's the same thing that we do trying to heal ourselves in westernized civilizations and European thought. That's the same ideology. We're trying to put our house on this shaky foundation and we wonder why our house is still crumbling, why our house is lopsided, why our, you know, that's the, that's the same principle. That's literally the same principle is that we choose to live in these societies and then we try to do things and function properly in these societies but we aren't meant to we can't because that's not fundamentally who we are that's not we live in in unbalanced misaligned situations but expect for us to be in alignment with the world with the universe with nature but expect for us to be in alignment with each other and that's why I look at the world, look at our relationship in the world. We're all jacked up and been jacked up for 401 years because we're always trying to force ourselves in a misaligned situation, in an unbalanced situation. And we don't think about that. We don't say, hey, wait, why am I not healing? Why am my family not healing? Why is the, the, the popular word now is generational curses? You're generationally cursed. You're gen- you're going through generational trauma because you're trying to force yourself into a system that doesn't work for you. For who you are at the root. Not who you are on the outside. Not your outside shell. But your ikenga. My, my acupuncturist, shout out to Easy again. My acupuncturist is Nigerian. Ikenga is your place of power. So you're trying to, to adapt to your place of power in someone else's power system that does not align with you, that does not speak to your soul, that does not speak to your physical body, that does not speak to your mind, does not speak to your intellectual capabilities, that does not speak to to the to your language, to your mother tongue. I would like everybody to try and learn a few words in your mother tongue. If you don't know where you're from in Africa, just pick a language. Swahili, Sosa, uh, Swana, Sutu, Zulu, Wolof, um, Twi. 
any African language, just pick one, just put your finger on the map and pick the indigenous language and just learn basics. Listen to them say hello, dumela. Listen to them say just basic words, basic greetings, and see how it changes in your spirit. How your soul rejoices when you hear those melodic words. A lot of those languages, all of the African language, Amharic, Swahili, any Bantu language, um, all of them speak to your soul. Not the European languages, the indigenous traditional languages. They will speak to your soul. I promise you, I put money on that. If you sit down and listen and feel the rhythm of the languages in your body. Listen to them being spoken by individuals who speak, who that's their mother tongue. Just learn a few words and see how it speaks to you different than English has ever spoken to you. These, these small things all have to do with how we will heal globally as Africans. Things like listen to the music. Even if you don't understand the words, listen to the music. Pull up some Maria Makeba. Pull up some Hugh Masekela. Pull up some Lady Smith Black Mombaza. Pull up some uh, Sean Kuti. Pull up some Fela Kuti. Pull up uh, Angelique Kijo. Pull up these artists and listen to how it speaks to your soul. On my first episode, I had drums playing in the background it's a album on my on my um my musical app it's an album it's called i think it's called african tribal drums the reason i played it on my first episode in the background is because it spoke to my soul and i needed that to connect with my people listen go to a drum circle where they're africans not these new gentrified drum circles that are out of rhythm and sound crazy and a whole bunch of other foolishness but go to a traditional african drum circle and you will not be able to keep still some of us go to these drum circles and you cry because it connects so deeply with you because drumming in Africa is sacred. Like it said in the article, the rhythm of sound, the the connection of sound with the with the listener. It gives you that connection of sound as African languages give you that connection. You connect not just with your your hearing, you connect with those ancestors that you don't even know about, that you've never met. You connect with a different a different level of being that some of us have not tapped into. Luckily, I had the capabilities of tapping into that part of me. And I had the privilege, because I see it as a privilege to be African. I had the privilege to be born to an African woman that was born in Africa. So I have a direct contact to the continent. But even if you don't have that direct contact, even if you don't know where your peoples are from, as we like to say, even if you don't have that sense of being, start connecting and see how even if you have not touched that African soil yet, have not tasted that African food yet, have not felt that Africanness in you yet, it will connect you and tap into all of that. I promise you, I've taken too many people to the African restaurants in the DMV to not know that it's true.
that when they hear certain music, even though they don't know what the person may be speaking about because it's a different mother tongue to them, it connects with them. It connects to their soul. It connects to their spirit. It connects to their physical being. How when you eat fufu and jollof rice and and igusi and, and, you know, all these different African dishes, how they connect with your soul. It's not just you eating a meal and getting nutrients. It's connecting you to your roots. It's connecting you to a part of you that you may not even have known yourself that was in you. So I challenge everybody, learn a few greetings. Hello, goodbye, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Just learn those in an in a African language and you'll want more. You'll be like, wow, this speaks to me. And you don't even know the language. You don't think you have a connection to those roots, but you do. It's inherently in you. I don't care if you if you were five generations deep in Chicago, five generations deep in D.C., five generations deep in Georgia or Texas or California or wherever in the United States or UK that you live. When you start to connect and tap into the language of your people, start connecting into the nutrient needs of your people, start connecting into the thinking, into the spirituality of your people, you live differently. You feel at peace in a world that is ravished by foolishness and fuckery. I'm at a different level of peace in the United States than I've ever been in my life because I've started to tap in and I've been tapping in into my roots. I take my roots. I took a class. Let me rewind real quick. I took a class and part of the class was tap into that source that you're missing even when that source is not with you. So, for instance, we were tapping into water. So, even if you don't have your water with you, you tap into what you need from that water. The same thing with being African. No matter where I go in the world, I tap into that. Even if I don't have my traditional food or I don't have this or I don't have that with me, I tap into that part of me that I need when I need it. And that is is also a huge part of healing. Tapping into things that aren't physically there. I bring the water to me when I need it. I bring the enlightenment to me when I need it. I bring that African knowledge to me when I need it. My ancestors give me that wisdom when I need it, no matter where I am in the world. It's like your intuition. Your intuition works wherever you are in any situation. If you have good intuition, if you're, you know, you're focused and you're clear minded, your intuition. I travel by myself. I'm five two, five two. So many, how many ever pounds? I'm not that big. So I tap into who I am, no matter where I am into in the world. So I've traveled alone to many places and I've never gotten into a situation. I've never been attacked. I've never been robbed. I've never been put into a situation where I was going to be harmed or my possessions were going to be taken or any of those things. I've never even gotten sick outside of the United States. Never. Any food that I've ever eaten, I've never gotten food poisoning. I've never gotten any anything. Nothing bad has ever happened to me outside of the United States. Everything bad, all the sickness and illness, the kidney stone, all of the things that I've ever had wrong with me happened in the U.S. 
I travel outside the world to different places for a week, two weeks, never had anything happen. Even when I knew nobody in that country, nothing has ever happened to me because I tap into who I am fundamentally as an African and I use that as a survival mechanism. No matter where I am on the planet. But being here in the United States, even though I tap into that and I try to bring as much of that peace to me. I'm living in a society, I'm living in a concrete jungle. People are not meant to live like this. If you travel the outside of the United States or even certain parts of the United States, people are not functional and, and successfully living. I'm not talking about having a bunch of material stuff. I'm talking about really living and being at peace and being in love with yourself and who you are and what you are. You're not doing that successfully in the United States because it's just, it's not possible. The the circumstances are not provided for you to be at your best in the, in the U.S. It just isn't. You can agree to disagree. You can say, nah, this is the only place I've ever lived and all the other foolishness that black folks like to say in the United States. And I do say black folks, not Africans, black folks say in the United States to to feel comfortable in it, to force themselves to be comfortable in this foolishness. We're not. <laughs> we are so at odds with ourselves living here because we don't live naturally. We don't eat good food. I don't care if you buy the best organic. The best organic is nothing. Is trash, is garbage juice compared to what you would get in Africa, what you would get in the Caribbean, what you would get in all the countries that don't use GMOs. Because our food taps into our being. Our food taps into our spirit. Our food taps into our mind. If you put garbage in, you get garbage out. If your food is filled with chemicals and GMOs, if you put garbage in, you get garbage out. You wonder why you're not healing? Look at your diet. You wonder why you're not fun- your body isn't processing and functioning in the way it's supposed to? Look at your diet. Look at your spiritual diet. Look at your and I'm not talking about religion. Let's be clear on that. I'm not talking about the white Jesus they done told you to believe in. I'm talking about your real spiritual diet. Things that tap into your spirit, things that tap into your soul. Look at your psychological diet, how you think, how you how you process things. Look at your verbal diet. What are you speaking? And don't get me wrong, I'm a cusser of all cussers, but I also try to speak life into people. I try to speak life into myself. I try to speak life into my children. It's a different way of processing, thinking, learning, developing. Because I'm always, I will tell people every day, all day, I'm a work in progress just like everybody else. It's just that my process may be at a different part than your process. I don't know everything. I don't attempt to know everything. But I do attempt to learn something new every single day of my life till I get to my next lifetime. Till this physical presence goes into the wind and I go to my next lifetime. I My goal, even my children will repeat it to you. They'll be like, her, her motto is... Learn something new every day. Yeah, because I'm trying to learn something new every day or reflect on what I've already learned or 
be better at what I already know or what I feel I know because you can't know everything or what I feel I'm, I'm learning. It's, I'm always a work in progress. Always. So just tying, you know, tapping into the article, tying things in, living in balance, creating a balanced and harmonious learning experience is a quote from the article. That is our goal. But when we force ourselves to assimilate to a culture that is not ours, we get away from doing that. And we wonder why we're so misaligned in our relationships, our personal relationships, our intimate relationships, our family relationships, our relationships with the ones that we trust and we love. Because we're, we've gotten away from living as Africans. We've gotten away from understanding ourselves. We've gotten away from using all our senses to become great, to tap into our place of power, to tap into our kenga to tap into who we truly are at the root. You know, we've gotten so far away from that. We're always at odds with ourselves in this country, in Europe, in European and Western societies. You know, we've gotten so far away from that. We suffer from disease. We've gotten so far away from that. We suffer from cognitive dissonance. We've gotten so far away from that, that we feed that foolishness to our children and we expect them to function in a world that does not fit them we expect them to function in a lifestyle that is a contradiction to our foundation is a contradiction to our belief systems is a contradiction to our soul you know And I don't think people really think about that. They're just like, oh, I want my kids to be successful. Successful at what? Successful at doing things that doesn't speak to them. Not living in their purpose. I knew at a certain age, my purpose was different. My purpose would be to heal my community. At a certain age, I knew that without a doubt. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I have not strayed from that as yet. To this day, I haven't strayed from that. I've done a lot of other things but I never strayed from my baseline function of I gotta help heal my community I gotta help heal other Africans I gotta make sure we're all good so that we pass that on to our children not generational curses as people like to say or continued trauma that we pass on the beauty of being an African that we pass on the intellect of being an African that we pass on the the spirituality of being an African, those type of things that we pass those on to our children, not a bunch of material debt and a bunch of things that somebody told us were important to our survival. You do not need a a Maybach or Rolls Royce to live as a human being to survive. You cannot get substance from a car. It serves a purpose. It gets you from point A to point B, but so does any car, as long as it works. You don't need a mansion to make you, you can't sustain sustain life off of that mansion. You cannot sustain life off of what car you drive or what clothes you wear or who you know. You don't sustain life that way. Sustaining life, you need four things, food, shelter, water, 
and in certain places in the world, clothing. I don't think you need clothing everywhere. Because you don't. You don't need clothes everywhere you go. We've, we've forced ourselves into these monkey suits in westernized and European societies. And we think that's what it is. Put on an African garment. Sorry about that. Somehow the episode, the previous episode got cut off. But I was saying just tap into, you know, use the resources available to you to tap into listening to African music, listening to African languages and see how it makes you feel. Sit down and listen without your biases, without your, you know, your westernized thinking, without your Eurocentric thinking. Tap into it and listen to how it makes you feel fundamentally. Listen to it when you can listen to it by yourself without interruptions. Listen to them speak the words, having a conversation. There are tons of YouTube videos where you can listen to native speakers. Just do introductions. Hello, how are you doing? Um, What is your name? Those type of things. Just simple introductions. Something you would do as you walked into your house or as you walked into, you know, work or a conversation you would have with your spouse or a family member or a child or whatever. Listen to those simple conversations and then you repeat them. You learn those words. Dumelo. Hello. Learn those words and see how it makes you feel all over your body as a whole African. You know, it it does something different to you. Eat some of the food. If you don't like, if you're not like me, I'm not a meat eater. So I'm a vegetarian. So eat some meat goosey. Tell them you don't want any meat and some jollof rice. Eat, eat, you know, some fufu. Eat with your hands. Go to the Ethiopian restaurant and get some Ethiopian food and see how it changes everything in you to just be African. Listen to some of the music. See how the rhythm just brings a different type of of happiness to your soul. See how the rhythm brings things into memory that you didn't know were there anymore. See how the the rhythm, how the sounds, how the words that you may not know what they're saying, how those words bring such a a sense of peace and enlightenment to you. You'll be like, wow, I really like that song. I don't know what they're saying, but I really like that song. Or, oh, that song makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. One of my favorite albums in the world that I have given away probably at least two dozen times as gifts, as, oh, you like this? Here, you can have it. It's called, it's by Putamayo. Putamayo puts out all these international world various artist CDs. It's called Congo to Cuba. It's very difficult to find, but they have like clips of it. I think they played the a whole thing on YouTube. It's it's called Putamayo, P-U-T-A-M-A-Y-O. And the album is Congo to Cuba or Cuba to, Cuba to Congo. I can't remember which way it goes. I think it's Congo to Cuba. And they play all these various artists, songs that are literally from Congo to Cuba. It is one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. It brings me so much joy and so much peace every time I hear that album. I've had it. I've had the CD at least to the point where now I don't even know where my CD is. So I just pull it up on YouTube. I've had the CD myself personally at least five times because I've given it away or somebody 
ruined one of my CDs. The CD got scratched a couple times. Like I'll buy it repeatedly, repeatedly every time I see it. Even if I already have a copy, I'll go out and buy it. If I see it and I'm in the store and I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy another copy because that's how good the album is. And I know I'm going to give it away to somebody. Um, one of the best albums I've ever heard in my life. It just, it does something to my spirit. It's one of those things. I always tell people music transcends time and space. It puts me in a different space, a different time. It puts me at peace. It brings love to me. It, it, it speaks to my soul. Literally that album speaks to my soul. I love that album. Um, it's, it's one of the musical creations that just tapped into me. But I also like other music. I like all sorts of music. I don't have to understand what you're saying. It spoke to me and it spoke to me. It speaks to my soul. So I don't have to know what you're saying word for word. I felt it. <laughs> Which a lot of people, you know, don't think about when they, like he said, it's ocular. Not just ocular, but it's a, it's a single, it's a singular way of processing things. I don't process things on a singular way. I process them on a multiple level. I process things not just with my eyes. I process things in my spirit. That's why my intuition is so good. I process things and my intuition with other people outside of my immediate physical circle is real good. My friends will tell you all the time. Oh, I was just thinking about you. Or, oh, you just said exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, because I tap to I tap into a different part of myself. It took a long time for me to get to that point, but I'm able to tap into a different part of myself where I can connect with with people that I've never met in the physical. I have a friend in Canada that I have a great connection with. We literally will be typing the exact same thoughts sometimes or we process things in a very similar manner sometimes even before we've even spoken about them I'll be talking about one thing and he'll be typing me a message talking about the same exact thing and this doesn't just happen once or twice this has happened like almost all of our connection all of our conversations and all of a sudden we're talking about the exact same thing no previous conversation no past conversation we just all of a sudden start talking about the same, you know, the same experience. And but I'm like that with a lot of people where I'm able to tap into us even when we're not physically right beside each other, even when we're not even in the same country sometimes. Without previous experience, I'm able to tap into that their experience and connect it to my experience without hints of hey let's talk about this or let's do this or let's do that it is is when you when you're in that space you know what I'm talking about it's hard to put into words sometimes but when you're in that space you you know what I mean where I can tell exactly what's on somebody's mind and then I tell them something about that same thing and like my homegirl in Florida She'll be like, oh my goodness, I just said that to my husband. Or, oh my goodness, I just was thinking that. Mind you, I'll just send a text out like, oh yeah, such and such and such and such. She was like, I literally just 
talk to my sister about that or I just talked to my mom about that. She was like, there is no way you could have known that. I said, you got to tap into the, into you. Literally, you have to tap into you to 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 be able to have that type of connection with yourself, to have that type of connection with other Africans, to have that type of connection in relationships. Not to say that my relationships are perfect and all that good jazz, but I'm a different person for the way and the things that I've learned and the people that I'm around because it's not just book knowledge. It's about physical experience. It's about learning from my elders. I was that child that always kind of hung out with all the old people, as people like to say. I hung out with my grandmother. I hung out with my elders. I'd like to sit and listen to their stories and learn from them, you know, that type of stuff. As the article said, we learn from those who have already experienced. I was that child. I'm that adult. I'll sit with the elders. I'll sit with, you know, a group of African men if I'm allowed to. And just listen to their stories. Listen to their conversations. Whether they're speaking 50-50 English in their mother tongue or whatever. I'll I'll listen to the rhythm of the conversation. To the wisdom that they're, you know, that they're providing to me freely. That's why I say we have to start tapping into who we are fundamentally and see how it changes our peace. See how it changes how we rear our children. See how we are, how we function differently in the world by tapping into who we are fundamentally, who by tapping into and remembering the roots of us. I'm not going to go on because the podcast is already like over an hour long, but I just wanted to get that piece in since the podcast cut off. Um, as usual, healing is up to you. You you will heal when you choose to heal, when you choose to make those changes. Your children will heal. Your generations will heal. Your trauma will heal. It's all up to us. It's inside of us. Certain parts of it, yes, outside factors, we can't, you know, you know, immediately change. But healing is in us. We have to get back to that. We have to get back to who we foundationally and fundamentally are. Just a quick run through of the authors in the article. Oh, of the article. Seeing is not believing. Tales of being by Mukutaji. The... Authors in the article are Fukia, F-U-K-I-A-U. He wrote African Cosmology of the Bantu Congo, Tying the Spiritual Knot, Principles of Life and Living, as well as Kendezi that I recommend to everybody in any type of relationship, even if it's just family. Kendezi, K-I-N-D-E-Z-I. Especially, I recommend it especially to parents. And when you read it, take your time and understand what he's talking about. We'll talk about it in a later podcast, but I recommend that to everybody. Um, Umbiti, African Religions and Philosophy. McMahon, Empty Vision, Metaphor and Visionary Imagery in Mahayani Buddhism. Credo Mutwa, Indaba. I-N-D-A-B-A, My Children, African Tribal History, Legends, Customs, and Religious Beliefs. Obenga, African Philosophy, the Pharaonic Period, 2780 to 330 BC. Those are the references, the the, the reading references in the article. 
And again, if at all possible, learn five, five little greetings in any African language. Listen to it being spoken by people who that's their mother tongue so you can hear it pronounced properly and you can close your eyes listen to the words listen to them speak listen to the conversation and then repeat what they say listen to african music any country i gave you a couple artists just pull up an artist Listen to the music. You don't like that artist? Pull up another artist till you find something that you do like. If you like Afrobeats, listen to Afrobeats. If you like jazz, listen to an African jazz artist. If you like, you know, R&B or more pop sound, listen to an African artist in the sounds that you like and see how it feeds your soul. Go to an African restaurant. Get you some African food. And see how it processes in your body differently. How your your body functions differently when you eat it. How you think differently when those nutrients go into your body. Because everything is, those foods are connected to nature. And connected to how the universe is run. And because of that. It helps you deepen your connection to nature, to the universe, to other people, to, you know, to your inner being, that being that you don't give everybody that not the surface person that you, you know, you showing off to the public or your family or friends. It connects to that deep inner being of who you are, who we are as Africans. Do those things. Come back and tell me in the comments how it made you feel, how you know, don't go into it with biases. Oh, I don't eat that. You know how how Americans can do. Oh, I don't do that. I don't eat that. And da 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 da. Go into it with an African perspective. Go into it being an African. And I'm not saying you have to like it. You you might not like the way you know jollof rice tastes. Try something else that you think you might like. You know what you like. If you like spinach, try goosey. You know, if you like yam, try some some pounded yam fufu you know if you like fish try a fish dish that you did you know you would like try something that you already like and see how it makes you feel see how it taps into a different part of you that you have forgotten or that you didn't even think you knew about tap into the african in you and see how your healing process just picks up See how your healing process just just wraps you in love and in 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 comfort in peace. Just tap into that. That's my challenge. Just tap into that. If you don't like the first experience, if you have a bad experience, try it again till you have a good experience and tell me how it made you feel in the comments. Tell me what it made you think about yourself, what it made the smells, the 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 feeling the comfort you know how the how the pepper soup warmed up your soul how the peanut the peanut stew just just made you feel like you were loved you know tell me about those experiences good bad and indifferent and peace